And like I was saying, it's FTX. It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto. Yeah, I don't think so. And I'm never wrong about this stuff. Never. <laughs> Larry David certainly was not wrong about FTX being a safe and easy way to get a crypto at last year's Super Bowl. That was the FTX ad. That was a bit from it that we just played. And last year, crypto dominated the Super Bowl by having more than five ads. It was all the attention. This Sunday is the Super Bowl and there will be no crypto ads because the NFL came out and said they're banning crypto ads from the Super Bowl this Sunday. But Will there be other Web3 ads? Will there be NFT ads? We're going to tell you about that in today's show, as well as is the NFL also activating with NFTs and other Web3 stuff? Boy, wow. What is going on? So many things happening in the space. We're going to break it all down to you. GM, GM, welcome back <laughs> to another episode of Web3 Academy. It's the weekly roll-up. We got here with us a special guest this week, LG Doucette. What's up, LG? Yo, what's up? You said so many good things there, and that Larry David ad is so good, but I do have to say my favorite ad from last year is the one that was probably ridiculed the most, which was the Matt Damon, Fortune <laughs> Favors the Bold. About that you know, from a marketing copywriting standpoint, like, what a line. What a line to convince people <laughs> to gamble on crypto, and what a fall. How'd that go? <laughs> LG, you got a great voice for podcasts. Holy shit. <laughs> Thank you. People told me that for 35 years of my life until I actually did something about it, so I appreciate that. Kai, what's up, my man? How you doing hey, today? I'm great. I'm great. Happy to be here. Man, there's so much going on today. I mean, as Jay said, we're going to talk about the NFL, the Super Bowl, and Web3. But Reddit and music NFTs are booming once again, so we got lots to talk about there. But the real boom, the big boom in NFTs is actually happening on Bitcoin. What the heck is going on today? <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. It's literally in a crazy bull market, like right in this moment, DGENs are, are DGENing. And then just before we came on the show here, we want to talk about Snoop Dogg and what he's done with music NFTs. Rihanna is launching a music NFT and sharing royalties today, literally in 40 minutes as we're recording this. It's about to drop. This is crazy. Web3 is blowing up. This is a wild week. That's going to be a good show. Oh, so stoked. Let's start with a little bit of gratitude. We were chatting before the show. We decided today, both Kyle and I said the same thing. We're grateful for you, our listeners. We really couldn't make this show without you. So Matt, deep bow to every one of you for listening, for subscribing to our newsletter, for being part of our community. We just have so much fun talking and sharing all the news in Web3. So thank you to each and every one of you. Okay, before we get into the show, we've got a couple announcements we want to share. The first is we are hiring. Now, we said this last week, I think, because we were hiring someone for social media. We are also hiring a content writer, someone to help us with our newsletter. So if you are a master of words and you absolutely just love Web3, then we want you on our team. There's a link in the show notes below where you can check out the job description and you can apply. We want a writer. We need a writer. So come on down. We're trying to grow our content. We're trying to create the best content in Web3. And if you feel you can add to that, then please apply away. We'll see you there. The next one. And we're going to share a screen here. Yeah, perfect. Well done, Jay. This is a big announcement to our pro members. We've launched our pro pass just this past week. And so if you are a pro member and you filled out the form, then you will see an NFT in your wallet. You can check it out on OpenSea. It might be hidden though, so you might need to unhide it. All the instructions that are in the pro report that actually came out today. So you can see everything there. Check that out. If you're not a pro member, become a pro member because not only do you get an NFT, but this unlocks access to a bunch of things. There's some conferences that you can get discounts on. There's some whitelists for different things inside Web3 and a bunch of other perks that we'll kind of share over the coming weeks. So make sure you get that. Also, if you're in the Discord, the channels are now token gated. You need this NFT to get into our pro channels so you can quickly go and verify there. 
That's the news. That's the announcements. It's time to get into the full show, Jay. But before we do that, let's take a quick second to hear from our sponsors. The future of social media is here, and that future lives in Web3 on top of Lens Protocol. Web2 social platforms are broken and ripe for disruption. You see, the epicenter of social media is the creators, and yet they are the most neglected. Web2 platforms like Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram are all essentially robbing creators of their worth. Creators are a new type of entrepreneur, forming new types of businesses. Yet with Web2 platforms, creators don't own their content or the profile and that's their product and business. Instead, they are tied to the platforms they choose to create on. Well, just like how crypto is freeing us from banks, Web3 is freeing us from these centralized platforms. On Lens Protocol, creators own their content, own their profile, and even their social graph and followers in the form of NFTs. This allows you to move freely from one social application to another with your content, profile, and followers moving along with you. Lens Protocol enables self-sovereignty for your social graph and interoperability across the internet. At Web3 Academy, we believe this is the future of social, and that's why we partner with Lens to ensure that the path of social media is heading in the right direction. Visit lens.xyz to learn more today. All right, welcome I love, back. I love Lens. Hold on, I have to interrupt you. I love Lens. I have a Lens profile. <laughs> it's fantastic. The social media Web3 is an awesome concept, and I think it's Stanny that started Lens. It's an awesome, fantastic idea, and highly recommend people actually check it out. Lens is our sponsor, but we did not pay LG to say that. So that was <laughs> I'm a walking ad for cool things in Web3. I just, I just, I just spit it out. I just, I voluntarily shill things that nobody asked me to. I just go out there and say it. Jane, I don't think you've given a proper intro of who LG is just yet, have you? I think we should do that before we... I haven't. You know what? You're right. <laughs> LG and I have been friends for over 20 years. We first became friends when we were working together when we ran a painting company together, a like classic college student painting company. And gosh, so many stories there that I won't get into that we were reminiscing over last night. But LG is the founder of The First Mint, which is the leading podcast for sports, NFTs, and basically the whole world of Web3 and sports. And he's also been involved in a lot of big sports projects. He was telling me yesterday he was involved in the Bleacher Report, you were saying, LG, right. that you just right. launched. So they get the bio well there. LG, anything else you want to say about yourself? That's pretty good, man. Yeah, we have a show. We've been around for over two years. We're lucky to be one of the first podcasts, I think, in the NFT space, or at least part of this you know, current boom. And uh, yeah, largely cover the zany world of sports NFTs, which lucky for those NFTs, there's always something happening in the world of sports. All right. Well, we start off the show started last week. There's a new segment. We just started chart of the week. Kai, what's our chart of the week this week? Yeah, chart of the week. It's a chart of the songs minted on sound.xyz. And we put this in our music NFTs reports a few weeks ago and talked about, did the bubble in music NFTs just pop? Well, it looked like that in January versus, you know, the last few months that were just going basically exponential. But all of a sudden, February, just a few days into February, we're almost at all-time highs. We're not quite there. But what's happened here, it was Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg launched NFT on sound. And he did what's called an open edition. So you could think you could only mint one, like per wallet address, but there was as many as available, as many as people wanted to mint. And so there was 10,498 that were actually minted. It generated about 44 ETH in total. He actually said that if it reached, I think it was 42,000, he was going to give away a vintage car. He didn't get that many mints, but he did get 10,000 plus, which is pretty huge for the music NFT space. So really cool to see that Snoop Dogg is kind of pumping up the music NFT world again. And so... They all sold for $8, so very cheap, nothing too expensive here. It's going to have some cool stuff that goes along with these NFTs. So really interesting to see this play out. But I think the cool thing about this is 
it's nice that this came now and not maybe like last year or six months ago, even because the music NFT space was not really built out all that much just yet. We have a picture of Snoop Dogg tweeting this. So obviously this is going out to millions of people. A lot of people are seeing and learning about music NFTs for the first time this month. And now we actually have a good foundation in the music NFT world. We've got a lot of artists that have been in there that have been doing this now for a few months to a year. And we kind of understand what this stuff is and how it's working. And there's some marketplaces and things now. So like, it's kind of being built out and now it's getting quite ready for the masses. And so we're hopefully seeing that play out right now at the same time. And we just figured this out just earlier. Rihanna is launching an NFT, which is one of the largest artists in the world. She's also going to be playing at the Super Bowl, So she's the halftime show this week. And so she is launching. What's the song that she's launching? Bitch better have my money. <laughs> Bitch better have my money is her music NFT that she's launching and she's sharing royalties. So this is actually really cool. It's through a new platform. Well, I don't know if it's new, but I've never heard of it called Another Block. So just a lot going on in the music NFT space. Anyone have a, a take on this? My take is just how we are now seeing a mature market take place before our eyes. We talked earlier this week, and this is not just in music. This is with large brands too. We're going to talk about Doritos entering the space. We're talking about the Super Bowl and what's happening there in the NFL. We are seeing the largest brands in the world, the biggest companies in the world, the biggest creators and artists in the world entering the space because of a lot of confidence in the stability of the space. Now, I say stability lightly because obviously we started off this and FTX had and that whole crash that happened last year. But we're in an exciting time where we're going to see these large brands come in because we've built a foundational layer that allows them to now enter. I'll chime in. I want to say, first of all, Snoop Dogg, I bought four. Uh, so very, very proud owner of the Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I'm a big collector on Sound XYZ. So I buy a lot of their drops. I'm a big fan of what they're doing. And I really believe in music NFTs being one of the trends of this year, along with social media on Web3, which is funny that that was your sponsor. Again, not a paid shells, organically saying <laughs> these things. What I find actually really fascinating about both the Snoop and the Rihanna thing, and Snoop is not new to Web3. He's done partnerships with Sandbox. You know, he's been around very early. He's very savvy with this kind of stuff. You know, he has an ape. I was at Ape Fest when he performed, or rather rolled the video of the performance with him and Eminem with their mm -hmm. boy ape song which last year's super bowl if you remember everybody thought that snoop and eminem were gonna do an ape thing during the super bowl and then it was they didn't do anything but snoop's been around for a while what i actually find is really encouraging about the rihanna thing and the snoop thing now is that listen like right now nfts crypto those are dirty words in the mainstream it's like mm -hmm. ugh, you know scam big headline banned from the super bowl the fact that now you still have big artists like rihanna coming out and being like i'm making an nft like saying the word nft and it's going to promise all these things that people used to promise in the big bull run. I'm still promising that revenue share. It's going to work. I think that's the most notable part of this is that they still have the courage to do that and don't care what people are going to say or the bad press they might get from it. They'll be like, yes, no, we want to do this. This is a medium we want to explore. So to me, that's the best part is that you still have these artists doing it. Mm -hmm. It's funny. That's the perfect transition into the next thing we're talking about, which is the Super Bowl. So the NFL is not allowing these brands to market crypto ads. Yet at the same time, they are launching NFTs and activating the metaverse and doing all this stuff. So it's the same kind of scenario, right? Big brands that are like, hey, last year was a mess, 2022. Crypto is bad, yet they're still going to do the other things, the Web3 stuff, which is what we love to see anyway. But Jay, I'll let you run with it, but I like the transition. Yeah, definitely. So Super Bowl or NFL came out this week and said that they are banning crypto ads. Last year, we had 
Coinbase, Crypto.com, FTX, Budweiser had the noun glasses in their ad mm -hmm. on a, a portrait in the background. So they kind of teased the space. That's a bit more NFT than crypto. And there was one other one. I think there was five ads in total last year. And the Super Bowl has over 100 million viewers. Last year, I think it was 112 million reported by the NFL. And a spot, I was talking to a buddy who works in advertising, and he was telling me that a 30-second spot in the Super Bowl costs $7 million. So this is big-time brands buying big-time impressions, trying to get in front of fans at the largest sporting event in North America at this time of year. So really, you're getting a major sports brand that's saying, you know what? We don't want to associate with crypto because as you said, LG, it's dirty right now. There's many reasons why I'm sure they don't want to associate with it. But at the same time, there actually is some Web3 ads in the Super Bowl. So Limit Break, which is one of the gaming companies that's trying to be the big gaming company in Web3, has a Super Bowl ad around their DigiDaiku world. So basically they've got a Super Bowl ad where they're going to have a QR code. It's part of their Dragon series, which brings you into the DigiDaiku ecosystem or metaverse, the gaming that they're building, because they're building out this free to own model where the idea is you'll get a free NFT and then you'll start playing and then you'll want to own more and purchase more NFTs in the game. So we're not seeing crypto but we're seeing Web3, very interesting. And I don't know if, you know, did somebody at the NFL not know the difference between crypto and Web3? I don't that. think so, right? Like, I it don't think be. that's the case. It could um, be. Or, is, or did Limit Break pass because they are a gaming company, right? Like they could easily be considered, oh, like Limit Break is a gaming company. That's nothing to do with crypto. So yeah, I don't know what your guys' takes are on it, but really interesting to see crypto being banned. That's the dirty word, but other things happening. What I heard is that there were no crypto ad bookings for the Super Bowl. So I think that there's maybe mm. a bit of a sneaky PR you know, strategy here of there's no crypto companies dishing out $7 million this year to buy you know, these cheesy <laughs> commercials. So in the NFL, yeah, that's right. We banned them. And it's No, you didn't. <laughs> they just didn't do anything. They don't have any money. All those companies you named are laying people off, like Coinbase right. even, which is doing incredibly well and you know has had a huge rebound on the stock market this year. The big controversy with them this week is whether or not they're actually shuttering their nft market like they literally mm -hmm. fired the entire team a couple weeks ago and artists are saying that that doesn't exist anymore they're not going to be dropping stuff and the nft coinbase account is saying yes we are but anyways you know all these companies none of them are doing well they're trying to save costs so spending seven million dollars on a super bowl ad would be a terrible idea at this point <laughs> in the timeline so maybe the nfl's pr team took that as an opportunity to take the populist stance against crypto and say yeah that's right we don't have any but you're right digidaiku gabriel ladon who runs limit break had a tweet last week pointing people to that free mint and how to sign up for it and it's like the tweet has two hundred thousand likes like it's huge everyone's trying to sign up for it so there'll be some element and the other thing i'll say about the nfl as well as don't forget my world there are two or three different licensed nfl products this year through different nfl broadcasts we have seen ads for nfl all day which is the dapper labs product the collectibles product where you buy highlights from the nfl historical highlights current highlights whatever they've advertised on thursday night football they have a huge partnership with patrick mahomes as like their leading spokesperson they made ads with him so you know, the NFL hasn't hesitated to support that product, the collectibles product. I don't know if they will during the Super Bowl, but it's something that they've literally run during their broadcast this year. So who knows? But cool that they kind of came out with this and that we're in. What kind of ads are we going to see instead? Like car commercials, beer ads, right? Just the usual. Otherwise, the typical. You guys got to see there's one ad that is a spinoff of Breaking Bad that I saw last night. That's just hilarious. I highly recommend checking that out. It's going to be one of the best ones.
You know, it's interesting on the same day that they say no crypto ads, whether that's true or not, whether they are the ones that actually made that happen, they launched a NFT with Reddit. And so this is the Reddit collectible avatars, which we've talked about it many times. It's the biggest Web3 activation in history. There's been 6.5 million different users that have interacted with these Reddit collectibles. Well, just a few days ago, they launched one in partnership with the Super Bowl and it's going bonkers again. And so it's had 1 million mints already, a little over a million mints already in just a few days. So one, Reddit users are absolutely loving these NFTs that Reddit is sharing here. These were free, so you didn't have to pay for any of these. It was just a fun activation for Reddit and for Super Bowl. There was four different types of mints. There was one with the Eagles, so the Philadelphia Eagles, the Chiefs, there's one with the Champs, and then there's one of just like a super fans collectible. So four different ones that you could mint. We're over a million mints so far. There's been a little bit of trading on the secondaries, only a thousand or 1,400 sales so far, but people keep bringing that up and going, well, no one's selling these things. There's not a lot of activity on OpenSea. And it's like, guys, that's not the point in these, right? This is an activation for real users, giving them something free, you know, just creating a nice experience for the user here. It's not about trading anymore. Like NFTs, yes, there's still some trading in the background. And I think what we're seeing now is that we're moving away from this like speculative NFT mania and we're getting into just creating experiences for users. And I think that's really, really cool. And so whether the NFL knows that NFTs are also part of the crypto world, I don't know. But they're saying one thing and then they're actually doing a completely different thing over here. So very interesting to see, but super bullish on all things Reddit right now. They're just crushing it. Which one did you take? Eagles or Chiefs? I would take neither because I'm a Cowboys fan. So I definitely wouldn't take the Eagles one. <laughs> oh, well, there's two other options. I love that they went to the that there's one that's like, go football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for all the Reddit people that are like, I don't even watch sports. It's like, we still have a nice one for you. You know? Yeah. Just to... I was looking at the charts this morning. And so last time we talked about this, so just before the Reddit, the Super Bowl NFTs came out, there was 6.5 unique wallets that had interacted with these since the NFL drop. A lot of the same people have reminted these ones. But there's about 300,000 new wallets that have now interacted with Reddit NFTs. So this is bringing in a whole new group of people. And it's every time Reddit partners with someone different or a different industry, it brings in new people to claim these NFTs. So really, really cool and interesting to see this kind of all play out. But these are massive numbers, like way bigger than anyone else is doing in the NFT space. Well, and it's so interesting like, when you think about how do we measure success? In the space, if you're a brand and you're activating, how do you measure success? And a lot of the past success has all been about volume of volume, sales. Right. How much volume did you do? How much secondary are you doing? But for these brands, for the large brands, doing another $20 million in sales, it doesn't matter. It's a drop in the bucket to them. When you're a multi-billion dollar company, you're not trying to do another $20 million in revenue. You're trying to engage new consumers and bring them into a new world where you can activate them in a new way. So number of total mints, as well as number of new wallets, especially if you're Reddit, where in order to mint these, you need the Reddit vault, you need their wallet, which gets you into their ecosystem with your own wallet. Definitely their scoreboard or their measurement of success or KPI is all about that number. So if they got another right. 300,000 new wallets as a result of this, Fucking win. <laughs> and I'm sure they're looking at who's changing their profile pictures, either on Reddit or even right. transferring over to, let's say, Twitter or other social media platforms. If they have these avatars, then this is just branding for them, right? It's a wonderful idea. It's funny. You can see the royalties that Reddit has made on this collection so far. 
quick 300 bucks. At a boy Reddit? <laughs> a bee? <laughs> Not bad. Listen, guys, you know, Reddit doesn't need the money from NFTs. Reddit no. has been selling fake internet points to people for two decades. And so you can give people like different like Reddit bucks. There's all these different options. They've been doing that since well before we've been doing NFTs, right? So Reddit is no stranger to people coming in and exchanging value in the internet. Also notable is that these NFTs are on Polygon. Right. And both Starbucks and Reddit are on Polygon. I'm a huge fan of Ryan Watt, who took over as Polygon CEO about a year ago. He came from YouTube. He built out YouTube's entire gaming division to compete with Twitch and kind of keep them alive during that time. The guy is no stranger to figuring out how to bring people back to a platform or bring them over to a platform or get people on a platform who are doing one thing to do a completely different thing on that mm -hmm. same platform, on a platform that gets millions of hits per minute. So I'm very bullish on Ryan Watt and like what Polygon is doing. That was a huge move on their end to bring him in. You know, you're already seeing the fruit of that labor coming with these Reddit NFTs with Starbucks and all the other stuff that they're partnering with. The numbers that Polygon is doing is absolutely incredible. I've just finished up a report for next week that's coming out in the pro membership. And it's about is Ethereum scaling? And we're just looking at the activity across Ethereum and then all the layer twos as well as Polygon. It just engulfs every number. And over this bear market, Polygon was up only on everything. It's actually incredible the growth that they've done. Their business development team is just top notch. Absolutely. All right, let's jump over to sticking with the NFL. The NFL is doing a concert in Roblox. So they're doing a metaverse concert. Now, Roblox isn't Web3. It's a Web2 platform. But Roblox has 60 million daily active users starting on Friday, February 10th. Sweetie, I'm going to out myself as not being a cool hip hop music person. I do not know who Sweetie is, but I think that she is huge. I'm pretty sure. Do you guys know who she is? Am I the only one? I don't know. Oh, oh man, none of us know. Wow, we are just a couple of old white guys Sweetie. with no idea here. I, this is I always hilarious. love artist names. I always love the new variations on words that artists come up with. So Sweetie, right. I'm a Sweetie fan now. I want to know what she's doing. <laughs> well, basically, it's like a halftime show that they're recreating in the metaverse. It's in partnership with Intuit. I don't know how long it is. My guess is it's 30 minutes to an hour. And it starts on Friday and it's going to loop 31 times until the Super Bowl starts. So here you've got NFL saying no crypto ads, but at the same time, they are doing NFTs with Reddit and they're doing a concert in Roblox. So they understand that they need to be getting this younger generation, that they want the millennials, they want the Gen Zs, they want the Gen Alphas. I mean, really, it's Gen Alphas that are going to be in Roblox. And so they're activating in all of these spaces, doing really powerful things that I think will attract likely, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people towards the NFL. What do you guys think? I think this kind of stuff is really interesting. The idea of metaverse concerts isn't new, but I am a big fan of it. I think it's something that brands continue to push. What are some recent examples? Last year, also for the Super Bowl, I think in Decentraland, it was a Web3 platform, mm -hmm. which is one of the oldest Web3 platforms. It's one of the really slick metaverse. I think Budweiser hosts or Bud Light did like a come to our Decentraland bar and watch the mm. game in there. So they did some kind of come. We have a pre Super Bowl party, like a tailgate or something. And again, experimenting. I think a lot of this stems from the Travis Scott concert in Fortnite from four or yeah. five years ago, which was huge. And I remember my huge. niece and nephew went in there and they were like, we like this kind of stuff. You know, so it was just like, <laughs> that's something I think it set everybody off of. Let's do these metaverse concerts. One of the strangest things I've experienced is I went to the Paris Hilton and Fawocious concert in Decentraland at one point that was hosted by Gene if you know what genies is also a, like a 
metaverse clothing brand, basically. That's, I think also, I believe is on Flow. And Bob Iger from Disney was an advisor there during his little vacation from Disney. And I went to that concert and me and my brother went in there. And we're like, we're going to this thing. It's hilarious. And then Paris Hilton played like five songs as like a DJ. And then she was gone. And it was super weird. But everybody got airdropped like a cool like wizard cape. I don't know. Listen, I'm here for the weird. I hope that this is like weird as hell. Again, it's not Web3 like you guys said. But I think this kind of stuff is cool. They're fishing to see how much engagement they're going to get, how many people do it, trying to be there where the kids are. And I'm all for it. I think it's cool. You got to get kids interested in the Super Bowl somehow, right? Mm -hmm. Because kids you don't necessarily think broadcast TV is very cool these days. So I'm all for it. The NFL really is a leader in a lot of what they're doing. And they're diving headfirst into the digital world, right? Which is like you said, where all the kids are. And these are their next fans or their next players, right? And so they want to be in front of them. And the way to do that is... I guess Reddit NFTs and Roblox, right? That's how you do well, it these and, days. And if you're a kid, you grew up, I'm sure, going to Super Bowl parties with your parents or watching the Super Bowl at home, especially if you're a North American of a certain demographic. And what would be cool to you and familiar is the Super Bowl halftime show. It's probably the part of the Super Bowl that you like the most, unless you're an NFL fan. But I'm sure a lot of kids aren't so much NFL fans. They just like the Super Bowl halftime show. So if you're in Roblox where you hang out every day, and then all of a sudden, there's a concert happening that looks like it's the NFL halftime show. It's in an NFL stadium. It's by a Saweetie who you know and you love. Like, how cool is that? You probably run over and tell your parents you're all excited. With this kind of stuff, when this stuff comes out and you're clearly like these brands are just trying to experiment and they're like, maybe they'll like this, right? What I always try and think about, okay, like what's the end game for me as a consumer? What would I actually want to do? Because it's during, I'm not going to pop this out. I'm not going to go to this. You know what I mean? Like I'm hosting a Super Bowl party. Everyone's going to come and then we're going to be like, all right, it's time for Rihanna. We're all going to watch Rihanna and then whatever. What I would ideally want in the future from a halftime metaverse show, I don't know if I ever want to go to the metaverse for a halftime show, but what I would love is hey okay snoop and eminem or rihanna it's halftime show time put on your like oculus or whatever and you'll be like literally mm. feet away from them and that there's some dude down there in the crowd who's got his whole like oculus freaking live capture thing we're not even close to that because <laughs> the lag would be unreal if you did that now but i would love something like that just be like you are in the middle of the super bowl live and mm. they're performing in front of you and that's not a metaverse thing but i'm still connecting live through my oculus or whatever ideally that is what i would love and if you want to add a web3 component make that token gated make it accessible only if you have collected enough budweiser points or whatever it is it's something that's some mm -hmm. kind of deep loyalty reward but to me that's the intersection of these super bowl activations and the metaverse is just let it be super immersive for me that's what i want it's funny as you explain that i was literally gonna say but sir when's the token and then you actually started to explain how we can use the token <laughs> insert web3 into that yeah <laughs> well the nfl did do i think it was over 100 games games this year they did nft tickets on flow right. so right. there's the token right there you attended That's the game right. you got that token boom now you can get extra experience okay let's move Perfect. on what we got next kai yeah let's forget about everything that we're building over here on ethereum and in web3 and instead we're going to go over to bitcoin which i don't think that we've talked about bitcoin on the show for quite some time i don't even know the last time but things are happening things are happening really really fast over there so if you have not heard there is a new, I guess, an app or a protocol called Ordinal. Is it a marketplace as well? Maybe you know LG, but I think it's a marketplace and it allows you to mint NFTs on Bitcoin. 
Is it a marketplace? There is no marketplace for these. They There's... are all over-the-counter trades. There is a race to get a marketplace out there, but it doesn't exist. This whole ordinals thing is very much like the very old days of NFTs, which is what I've been told by the OG OG people from like 2017, where it's like, there's no open sea. You don't know who these people are that you're right. buying from, but you have to go into all these mysterious discords and make these deals. That's kind of where it's at. From what I understand in terms of <laughs> actually DJ. acquiring them, is that you have to create a Bitcoin wallet, which there's a few different protocols where you can do that right now, relatively kind of safely. And essentially, when you create a wallet, these aren't real wallets yet. Whoever minted the ordinal can send it to your wallet and they can only send it once. And then once it's in your wallet, you can't send it anywhere yet. Nobody has built that application. It's literally like you go make a wallet, <laughs> the dude who inscribed them on the Bitcoin part, which I'll explain in a second, sends them to whoever buys them from the minter and then you just have it. And then you can promise it to other people. The other thing you can do is you can go and you can buy it from the minter, but you can ask the minter to hold an escrow for you. And then what? you can then sell it on the secondary market and be like, okay, okay, I bought it from you, but I sold it to this guy. So send it to him. That's the level of sketch it's at right now. However, the level <laughs> hype that it's at is that yesterday, one of the biggest NFT whales, Dingling, I think spent maybe 200 grand on ordinal punks. I think he spent like 14 Bitcoin or something like that, sweeping a bunch of ordinal punks of which there are only a hundred. And I don't even know if Dingling has them in their wallet or what the deal is yet. It's very, very sketch. But I will say on the other hand, that is the spirit of crypto, man. This is what NFTs kind of were at the start, even for us was like, oh, this is weird and scary. That's kind of part of the thrill. So yeah, it's confusing, but it's where the money's going right now. What's wild is there's been 36,000 mints so far on Bitcoin. 16,000 have come just today. And we're only what, 11 hours into the day and we're already at 16,000. So like today is the day that this thing is going just absolutely bonkers. We'll give a bit of a backstory here for those. Some of our listeners are pretty new into Web3, so they probably don't understand the whole idea of Bitcoin yet. Some of us have been here for a while and we kind of get it. But the funny story from this whole thing is that there's what's called a Bitcoin maxi. These people that have been around for a long time that they see Bitcoin as like the king and everything else is a shit coin is what they call it. Everything else is complete trash. It's a Ponzi. They hate Ethereum. They hate everything we're doing in Web3. And they think that blockchain should only be used for money and nothing more. And their whole idea is that Bitcoin is the king and this BTC token is the only token we should ever have. NFTs are garbage. They're all useless. And so they're actually pissed about this whole situation of these NFTs going on to Bitcoin. One, because they hate NFTs. Two, because the gas fees are actually going up on Bitcoin. So it makes it a little bit more expensive to transact. So there's this group of people who are like, okay, Bitcoin is an open protocol. This is the whole point, right? We should be able to build and launch anything we want. It's a permissionless blockchain. That's the reason we invented these things. But there's this other group of Bitcoiners, these maxis that are like, no, this is terrible. We don't want this. And they're even going as far as to saying the miners should start censoring the NFT transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain which is absolutely mind-blowing because they're all about censorship resistant. That's the whole idea of their money, right? It's this just really weird scenario that's happening on Bitcoin right now. But I think it's very interesting and it's exciting to see something going on on Bitcoin for the first time in ever. But it's very interesting and it's growing really, really fast. So I don't know, any other thoughts you guys have on this? I'm not big on the Bitcoin side other than believing that it's a great store of value. That is the use case that I buy into. I'm not a Bitcoin maxi or a Bitcoin mini. I don't know what the opposite of a maxi is. The big thing that stood out to me was if you're a Bitcoin miner, you were making tons of money two years ago. And I was talking to a buddy actually yesterday who just joined a crypto like hedge fund investment fund. And he was talking about how a whole bunch of 
Bitcoin mining companies are going belly up right now and going bankrupt. And so they need capital investment because so many Bitcoin miners invested huge capital into the infrastructure needed to do Bitcoin mining, right? The computer systems, the servers, the buildings, all of that. And they made big bets that Bitcoin was going to continue to go up. And it obviously had this big crash in the last year. And so they've gone bankrupt and now they're looking for investment for capital flow. There is this interesting dynamic at play now where it's, okay, if you're a company who invested, you need money flowing in, you need revenue. And this is an opportunity for that to happen. You're like, holy shit, there's action happening on our protocol, on our chain. We need that. Great. Who gives a shit where it's coming from? Let's do it. But then on the other side, there's this belief, as you said, Kai, that it's, well, this isn't the purpose. So I don't know. It's interesting to think about where this leads when it's an open protocol. There's been a lot of talk in mainly in the Ethereum crowd for a while now that the model of Bitcoin is actually not sustainable, right? So right now, the way that miners make money is mainly through inflating Bitcoin, right? That has an inflation rate, although there's only 21 million, there isn't 21 million currently available. So we have to, they inflate until that 21 million is done. And I don't know, I think it's all mined in like 100 years or 150 years or something. But at that point, then there is really, if fees stay low on Bitcoin, what's the revenue model? What's the like incentive mm -hmm. model for miners to stick around? There really isn't one. And so a lot of people in the space have said, this is a broken model. And Bitcoin, as great as it is, might not be what we think it is because of this. They need to find a way to get revenue to the miners. Otherwise, no one's going to be incentivized to do it. And so they actually need fees to go up on Bitcoin. This is why Ethereum's mm -hmm. whole idea is we want Ethereum, the layer one, to have high fees. And the layer twos is where everyone will interact on. So the same kind of idea needs to happen with Bitcoin. This is increasing fees. So like it is technically a net positive in the long term for this thing. But I mean, if they don't even have wallets and stuff, it's crazy how far behind they are in, in the, I guess, Web3 innovation world. It just doesn't really make sense why they're doing it. But it could be a solution to their potential future problem in the Bitcoin network. Guys, I appreciate like the business insight from you. But listen, as a DGen collector person, I totally miss these. Like I whiffed on them. Like they were, somebody pointed them out in like a discord to me almost two weeks ago. Of, we should buy these punks. And like some of the really early ones that are now, the floor on those punks is now like two Bitcoin to buy one. And I like it's saw- It's really it, funny like, to say that. Yeah, they're like, join the hilarious. Discord here. Like, here's what you got to do. And I was like, I'm busy. I don't have time for this. And it was just like, you know, just completely missed. So at the end of the day, you guys were saying the smart stuff. For me, it's there's just that feeling in the pit of my stomach. There was when I didn't mint an ape. And a lot of other things I passed up on that I'm just like, oh, I would love to have. 50 grand right now that I didn't have two weeks ago. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the general feeling you get. But that's a sign that things are healthy in the NFT world is when you have that feeling in a short term window is that it's okay, well, things were popping off, people were spending money. So it's a good thing on the bigger picture. But when you're somebody who missed it is a terrible feeling. All right, next up, we got Doritos is entering web three. And they're doing it in the metaverse. Here's what's going on. So Doritos is doing an activation in Decentraland. They're calling it the metaverse mixer. And essentially, you can show up to Decentraland. You can claim free Doritos wearables. I wonder what a Doritos wearable is going to look like. Is it going to be like a chip? You're wearing like a massive like triangle chip? Actually, would be pretty sweet. That's the amazing thing about Metaverse. Wearables can just be anything. And if you participate in this, they're doing giveaways. So what's interesting about this, the reasons I want to bring it up is, one, Doritos is one of the largest brands in the world. It's owned by one of the largest CPG brands, owned by Pepsi. And they've got a lot to lose if they you know, piss off their customers. 
And here they are saying, yeah, we believe in this space. We're going to activate. We're going to do something. Now, what's interesting is we just talked about NFL doing something in Roblox, which is not Web3 and which has 60 million daily active users. On the other hand, here's Doritos doing something in Decentraland, which has probably 10,000 daily active users, or maybe even less, to be honest. But they're saying, okay, we want to go after the Web3 native crowd. So we're always seeing this very interesting choice that brands make when they enter the space of who is the audience that we're going after? Are we going to target the Web3, the crypto native audience, or are we going to target the younger Gen Alpha, Gen Z, present in virtual world, present in gaming, but it's not Web3 yet. And the other thing to mention about Doritos here is that if you participate in this, it's a classic giveaway model. You can win a Clone X, you can win a MeBit. But what I like about this is when you do some sort of giveaway on chain, think about how much easier that is to track. So in current ways of doing a giveaway, you do a giveaway through a social media contest. You say, oh, God, you got to follow these three people and you got to comment here. It's totally manual. There's no way to know who actually did those things and to track that. When we do giveaways on chain, as a marketer, I get really excited about this because it would be way easier to administratively manage this, which also is, I think, just exciting for marketers. And also easier to reward them after too. I don't need to then yeah. ask them for their, I don't know, bank oh. account or whatever. Like I can just send them money or whatever it is they're getting. You can just do it and it just happens, you know? You don't need to worry about all the other stuff. So that's the nice part of it. The interesting thing here is we just had Avery, who's the president of Vayner3 on the podcast last week. It comes out, I think next Wednesday. Her and her team at Vayner3 are working with Pepsi and have done a lot of work there. And she was just talking about how much work Pepsi is doing, not specifically Pepsi itself, but all of the companies within its conglomerate like Dorito and how much they're all activating Web3 right now. And they're all doing it on the free side. I think she said like none of their companies will be selling any NFTs, but they will do tons of activations for free just to create experiences for their customers. So they're playing around in the sandbox. It's really, really cool. And, and yeah, Doritos is one of those. So check out that episode though. We dive into a lot of like why these brands are doing it and get the behind the scenes look into it, which is really cool. I'll check that out. Were you plugging it to me? Where's the authentic shill? Listen, Pepsi did those ugly ass NFTs last year. So any improvement on that, they can definitely get a lot better. And yeah, it's cool to see brands play in the space. Doritos has a long time been an innovator come Super Bowl time. I think one of the most classic things they've done a few times is, you know, have fans make commercials that they then air during the Super Bowl, which mm -hmm. has always been super fun. So they are super fan focused, right? Like they're not doing things just as a novelty. They're doing it because they want to reward people that eat Doritos and they're doing it in a way that is like no other chip brand does anything close to that right so they done a fantastic job at that and I'm excited for this Decentraland again it's funny to me Decentraland is like the de facto place to go I've got a profile in there a bunch of clothes in there and I'll definitely check it out I didn't know about this so I want to win a clone X I want one of those so I'm, I'm gonna be going to it I love it okay next up we've got Sean Wortherspoon who is a very famous shoe designer and fashion designer. He designed the Nike Air Max 97 Ones, which are really one of the most famous Nike shoes of all time. And he has launched his own sort of NFT collection. Basically, it's called M-N-T-G-E. So I guess it's montage or not exactly sure how you say it. When people leave out the vowels, it's always a little bit confusing, but it's super <laughs> hip. So go branding. <laughs> so basically he launched a pass back in December. And if you had this pass, then this week, just a few days ago, you could mint 
his wearables. And the concept here is he's building a metaverse fashion brand. And we've seen this before. We've seen Dolce & Cabana do this. We've seen Adidas getting into this. We've seen Tiffany's do this. Although Tiffany's actually, when they did it, it was more of an IRL pendant that you got with a CryptoPunk. But we've seen digital wearables growing in popularity. And here is one of the leading designers in the space sort of following suit and saying, hey, I want to get into this as well. What I find interesting about this, and we can talk about digital wearables. I mean, you just said, LG, that you've got some wearables in Decentraland. Look, wearables in the metaverse are super cool for the generation that loves this. Like the generation that is so used to buying Robux and asking for their birthday. Like my friend's kid who is eight years old now, if I ever see him, he asks me if I will give him Robux to buy things in Roblox. That's what he wants, right? So for them, super cool. But the thing that I find interesting about the mechanism and the way, and I'm, again, I'm going to go more on the business side, as you said, LG, is it's very interesting to see all these brands, the way that they're entering the space. They're launching an NFT collection as a pass. We're seeing this a lot. So this was a montage pass that you got. And then once you have the pass, you have the opportunity to claim. Adidas did the same thing. You attended an event, you got a POAP. As a result of having that POAP, you could claim an NFT. As a result of having that NFT, when there was claim periods open, you could claim different metaverse wearables. Actually, I'm wearing the Adidas in the metaverse hat right now, which I claim because I was an Adidas holder, or still I'm an Adidas holder, wrote that one down. Ugh, what a horrible bag sinker that's been. <laughs> the suit is awesome though, isn't it? Did the you suit is so sweet. I can't wait to be at my kid's soccer game and I'm going to be a coach <laughs> on the sideline wearing the full yellow Adidas tracksuit. I'm just interested to get your guys' thoughts on the way that so many of these companies are doing this is you get a pass and then they have these claim periods and it feels very gaming-like to me, right? They're trying to bring you into this world and get you to spend time in this world. It's not like we're going to airdrop you this thing. You have to come back and claim and we want you to come back and claim and then once you claim then you go use it in the metaverse and so it's this new playbook that i think we're seeing of grabbing attention and keeping attention i've said for a long time jay that web3 will birth the world's greatest loyalty program right that's something i believed from the very start when i joined the space and i started reading and i was like oh like this is going to go straight to loyalty and what i mean by the world's greatest loyalty program is something far beyond what you have now which is okay you flew on this airline here's some points fly 18 more times and you can get half a flight for free like way beyond any of that kind of <laughs> crap way beyond mcdonald's monopoly or any of that kind of gamification i mean something that loyalty where you spend your time now which is in your phone you already spend so much time in the metaverse you spend so much time in your computers right and very few brands have yet to create true value there and something that's actually interesting for you to do with your loyalty points right so something like this especially for fashion that's like any kind of expansion on what that is that's hey listen you bought these clothes here's the digital version of it come do some stuff with it and then go back to the real world and get this that to me is yes like that is fantastic because we've been running with the same loyalty programs since there have been loyalty programs there's been zero innovation there nobody's done anything mm -hmm. new it's just buy 10 of these and get one for free like it's been the mm -hmm. same model over and over and over and then hey you get a 10% off our partners. It's been the same shit. So to me, it's like anything like this, that's, hey, you're going to get a digital item that you can claim for free. And then that unlocks all this other fantastic stuff. To me is, yes, that's what 
everybody should be doing. And if fashion is what's going to lead us into that, then great. I'm down. I'll buy a strange like jean jacket or a genie's head or whatever. Would you buy that jacket that we see right there? Jean jackets never fit well on me, honestly. You know, as a guy, you go shopping like once every two years, basically. And it's every two years when I go shopping, I'm like, maybe now's the time I can rock a jean jacket. And they always look so weird on me. So I wish I could do it. I really wish I could do it. But what I about can't. in the metaverse, though? When you have your avatar in the metaverse? Can, there, can you, there it OG is. The there it is. Where... That's it. Rock the Canadian. That guy's going to be dripping with jean jackets. That's it. You can be, you know, dressed the way you've always wanted to be in the metaverse. Things that don't fit you in real life can look great on you into central land or wherever else you are my avatar is going to be barefoot and shirtless so in some board shorts so i don't know i'm not a fashion guy by any means <laughs> the, the exact same as you in real life when you're not in toronto in the snow of canada all right i love it but let's move on we've got the next thing we're going to head into is the person of the month is that not it today but before we do that we are going to take a second and hear from our other sponsor are you building a community around your brand? Well, listen to this. At Web3 Academy, our motto is community first, profit second. Why? Because engaged communities tell you exactly how to improve your product and ultimately drive growth. They act as team members, recruiting new customers and providing crucial feedback. And they become brand super fans, sticking by you through thick and thin. But to engage your community, you must first understand them. That's where Chasm comes in. Chasm is our go-to Web3 tool for managing and understanding our community members. It combines both on-chain and Web2 metrics all in one user-friendly dashboard. With Chasm, you'll know things like which other communities your members are part of and which of your campaigns are truly driving results. That's why at Web3 Academy, we use Chasm to launch campaigns, optimize growth, engage our community members, and automate workflows with this all-in-one tool. If your community is already on chain, get to know them better with Chasm. Head to chasm.xyz using the link in the description and discover why top brands like Immutable, Nifty Labs, and Collabland are using Chasm. How'd you like that ad? I'm, I'm heading over to it right now. It's all our first minute community. Gotta get them into Chasm. I love it. There you go. There you go. It was an intense ad though. I really like it. Well done media team over at Web3 Academy. And well done, Jay, actually. That was intense. Yeah, that was uh, a great read. Yeah. <laughs> great read. All right. So person of the month. I was going to say NFT of the month, but this is a person, not an NFT. This is a real tangible thing here. So we had a competition or just over the last week. It had Sean, who Jay just talked about, with Carly Riley from Overpriced JPEGs, who we have had on the podcast. We had Julian, who is the founder of Unlock Protocol, which is also one of our older sponsors and someone that we use quite a bit with Web3 Academy. And we had Levy Chain, which is the founder of Mint Podcast. So the winner of this one is no other than Julian. Julian, the founder of Unlock, who was also actually on our podcast oof, a long time ago, maybe one of the first, I think. It was like close to a year ago. We're almost at our Web3 Academy's year one birthday, by the way. It's coming up in a few weeks. So that's exciting. But anyway, Julian, congrats. He's the co-founder of Unlock. He's previously built Superfeeder, which is a tool for devs who build apps within the sector of content delivery. And it was bought by Medium back in 2016. And now he's been focusing heavily in the Web3 space, building Unlock. Many of you listeners already should know what Unlock protocol is, but it's basically the leading NFT membership tool that allows creators to seamlessly launch membership NFTs to their community. It's kind of like WordPress where it's kind of like no code and you can launch your own NFT and you can have subscriptions tied to it and a bunch of different features tied to it. And then you can use those NFTs to go and lock or gate content across WordPress or other things like Paragraph and other newsletters and 
a bunch of different apps across the internet. So really, really cool what Unlock is building. It's all kind of open sourced and an open protocol. So people can build on top of it and sort of help them build. Julian's just been an amazing individual for us though, because we've used Unlock a lot. He's been so great in helping us sort of build what we've been doing. He's been in our Discord and he's very quick to respond. So I appreciate you, Julian, for everything that you've done with us. And actually our pro NFTs that I just talked about at the beginning of the episode, they are powered by Unlock. This is not a sponsor by any means, but we actually just use Unlock and we love what they're doing. And actually even cooler is that we have a little duo here with Unlock and Chasm, who we just talked about in the ad, where they are helping us power these NFTs. What they're doing is... When someone purchases a pro membership using Stripe, so our pro membership is on Substack, which uses Stripe. So you can just buy it the normal web two-way with your credit card. The issue we've always had is, well, we can't create experiences with those people because we can't now connect them into the web three world and, I don't know, drop NFTs or you know do other things. So with the help of Unlock, with the help of Chasm, what we've done is they have created this like integration into Stripe where when someone purchases the membership, they auto airdrops them an NFT into their wallet. And if they ever cancel the membership, it will then expire that NFT. If they then re, what do you call it? Like kind of re-sign up to their membership, it'll unexpire the NFT. And now all of a sudden it works and functions again. So they're sort of integrating web two payments with like web three interoperability, which is really, really cool. So first, thanks to Chasm and Unlock for working on that. That part is actually not completely live yet, but it's coming in a few weeks. But either way, Julian, you've done an amazing job. We love what you're doing at Unlock and any creators out there, if you need a membership, Unlock is the way to go. Yeah, I just got to jump in here quick and say Julian is just an absolute incredible human and such a leader in the space. But what Kyle just said, I hope our listeners realize how big of a deal this is. But one of the most important business models for creators today and for a lot of businesses, Netflix, so many businesses, is subscriptions. It is such a powerful business model. And the problem with subscriptions is you can't do it in Web3 because... You can't do recurring payments with tied to an NFT. And now Unlocking Chasm have figured that out. Kyle told me about this earlier today, and I wanted to jump through the screen and kiss him. I was so excited. <laughs> do it. Do it. Come on. <laughs> we got to meet up in the metaverse. We can't do it. I want to see that as an NFT. Admit that NFT. <laughs> All right. All let's right, move let's... into some quick hits. Jay, you up first? Quick, over to you, Kai, with MetaMask has added new wallet privacy settings. Yeah, I think all wallets are going to start adding a lot of different settings and things for privacy, not just for privacy, but for UX to kind of help us not get fished and get rugged all the time. Because obviously this is happening a lot. And it's not that it's necessarily the wallet's fault, but they can definitely do a lot to improve this because it's the way that we interact with Web3. So MetaMask, I think, notices that. we. I think last week we talked about Coinbase Wallet, which made a bunch of changes. MetaMask is now doing that as well. You can go check out these settings and stuff in just the privacy settings of your MetaMask. So not a lot to discuss in terms of the actual settings they're doing. Will this stuff work? I don't really know. We'll see. I think we got to just keep experimenting and improving. But we're actually doing a wallet series in March where we have founders from Argent Wallet, from Exodus Wallet, from... Brave and Ledger that are all coming on over four weeks, so four different episodes, and we're going to dive deep into wallets and talk about some security stuff here, but also just talk about the future of wallets and how that's all going to go. So excited for that. I think we're going to learn a ton about Web3 and kind of the future of Web3. So it should be pretty cool. I love Argent. I've been using Argent for years. Yeah. Uh, yeah Argent. And very keen to listen to that. Yeah. Argent's doing some really cool stuff. All right. Next up, Artifact announces Nike.swoosh onboarding. What's going on? Yeah. So... 
obviously Nike owns Artifact. And if you are a clone holder, then you can now claim your dot swoosh identity. So dot swoosh is Nike's one of their web three plays. And essentially it's an identity play. So you have a dot swoosh. It's the same as having a dot ETH. It's like an ENS. It's a domain that you can use to be your on-chain identity to represent your wallet. And it's so early. I think where this goes is so exciting. But the reason I wanted to bring this up is because one of the tools that they're using to do this is super interesting. So they're using delegate.cash to do this. And let me explain how this works. If you're a clone holder, clones are worth probably about seven ETH right now, which is $10,000, $15,000. So you're probably not holding your clone in a hot wallet. I hope you're not. You're holding it in a cold wallet and your dot swoosh, this is going to be your identity, which you need to use to interact every day with Web3. And so there's this issue here where, okay, do I have to transfer my clone to a hot wallet and then claim the dot swoosh there? But that's dangerous. You could get a phishing attack. You could lose your clone. So what they've done is they partner with delegate.cash, which is this tool that allows you to delegate. So you could use your clone and keep it in your cold wallet and you can delegate to a hot wallet the rights to access this dot swoosh identity, and then it's in your hot wallet. So very interesting to see these applications, which are so important to the safety and security of the space. That's the same wallet too, that, that kind of stuff? Playing, no, <laughs> if you were playing Dookie Dash, Yuga Labs game, and obviously you didn't want to have your sewer yeah, pass also, in the same wallet that you're playing the game, you could use delegate or warm.wallet. Yeah, same thing. Okay, next up, we're going to give this one to ULG. Giannis and Tenem Kumpo NFT sells for record-breaking 187,000 on SoRare. Yeah, so I was tracking that Sunday morning when that was going down. So basically, SoRare, it's their first NBA season, right? They launched in October as so they just signed the NBA over the summer that's when they announced it basically you play these cards in a fantasy style game right so you set your lineup every week and based on the rarity of cards you have you can enter different exclusive tournaments so they have tournaments called unique tournaments which are for people that only own one of one cards of each player each player gets only one one of one card dropped per season so for example Giannis this is their first season there's only going to be one of these cards dropped so it's a one of one a unique and the next season he'll have one then as well for series two let's call it so this was probably the biggest player that was sold so far for the one of one uniques those one of one uniques the way a so rare releases supply is they sell stuff at auction so you can go to so rare right now and it'll show you the auction of all the cards that are up and when the auctions end the highest sale yet on so rare nba i believe had been the john morant one of one unique for 78 ETH. so this you know almost doubles that and yeah, it's huge to see. It's huge in the sports world to see an NFT go for that much, right? There were some big sales on Top Shot two years ago around that range, but it has been a long time since we've seen anything like that. Also, this isn't a collectible. It's not a piece of art where art people can buy like Michael Jordan cards, PSA 10 cards for $10 million. This is an actual game piece. This has actual utility, which typically you might think would cause it to have less value. But in this case, clearly valuable to somebody. And even more interesting, if you want to follow another story, this week, the one of one LeBron is on auction Ooh. ending Monday. So that's the big story is will the LeBron go for more than the Giannis, right? This card will have more utility than the LeBron because Giannis is probably going to play in the NBA for longer than LeBron at this point, being almost 10 years younger than him. Right. But at the same time, obviously strategically launching that LeBron just as he became the all-time points leader in the NBA, which is an absolutely berserk 
like thing when you think wow. about it. He beat a record from a time when the NBA, like they just walked up to the basket and just kind of hucked it and it went in and there was like no defense <laughs> or anything. And now you've got everybody's got the analytics and it's barely anybody plays in the league at 38, never mind your 20th season. And LeBron's still out there being incredible. So, yeah. So, what's yeah. your prediction? So- Is the LeBron one going to be worth more than 187,000? Oh, give me, give me your number. I hope so. I hope so. I hope it goes for a nice quarter mil. There's a few other players who don't have their one of them uniques yet on Soar that I think will go for more, like Nikola Jokic, which has gone for the most in the next lower down tier, super rare cards. Giannis and Jokic and Luka Doncic probably have the most utility in so rare because being guys who put up crazy numbers across the board and also are going to be playing for a while. So, but yeah, I think somebody out there is definitely going to want that LeBron. So rare is so hot right now. They just hit 50,000 monthly unique buyers, which is a huge record for them. By far more than any other sports NFT project and only up from here, I think, on their end. So I think definitely somebody's going to dish out hard for that LeBron. Let's just do three left here. Loud Punk's VIP lifetime pass minted out last week. Jay, this one's over to you. Yeah, so we talked about this on the show months ago back in November. Loud Punks is the largest hip-hop music festival in the world. They have six locations. Their music festivals, too. I think their Miami one is the biggest, and I think it's about 80,000, 90,000 people attend. So this is an events company that throws some of the biggest events in the world, and this is their entry into Web3, and they did a lifetime VIP access pass. That's huge value. What I love about this is I love events in the Web3 space because of the utility of this. This is incredible utility that you're going to get from this. What was interesting was they dropped the supply as a result of the bear market. Initially, the supply was going to be 5,000, and then they dropped it to 2,300. They did mint out at 1.5 ETH, and the floor is currently at 2 ETH. And I think something like this, I don't think the floor ever drops below the mint price because there's so much utility and value involved in this NFT. So yeah, shout out to Loud Punks and their team for really being leaders in the event space. Okay, next up, MasterCard's NFT leader quits and mints his resignation letter. New beginnings, he called it. And he's actually sold 160 of these NFTs so far. So he was the NFT product lead at MasterCard. He'd been there since 2019. And he left for a few reasons. One, he just wants to focus in on Web3 more, I guess, and do it elsewhere. But he wasn't quite happy at MasterCard, wasn't paid enough, and just didn't feel like the work that he was putting in, he was getting the value back from MasterCard. So he stepped down and yeah, he wrote this letter. And instead of just like emailing it and sending it as per usual, he actually minted it on the blockchain using Manifold, like auctioning it off. So anyone can buy it for 0.023 ETH. And what he's going to do with the money is use that to survive until he finds his next thing. That's basically what he said. But he's got 160 people who have done it so far and pretty interesting to see, I guess. It's pretty cool. I haven't really thought of a use case of this, but of course that's what happens. And next time maybe you should do it on Bitcoin. I don't know. You think that's a better spot? (laughs) What a G, man. What a G to be like, F you, I'm out of here. And I'm going to mint this on the blockchain. (laughs) Also interesting is, listen, man, when somebody applies to a job in my company, the first thing I do is just Google them. I just like, all right, who is this person? I just go to like, see whatever their web presence is. I just want to see. So if that's when this guy applies somewhere else and let's see what it's all about. And then it's like, here's (laughs) an NFT of me like blowing off the company I worked at you know something they'll ask yeah. you about in the interview so they'll be like so if you leave are you gonna yeah. do this you know are you gonna get us <laughs> on chain forever cool I guess I don't know you know parting shots definitely the definition of burning your bridges right because you're burning your bridge <laughs> and making it forever so 
public. Yeah, well, that brings up a good point. You say you go and Google someone before you hire. Now you're going to go into Etherscan, put in their wallet address or their ENS name. Perfect. And it's like, yeah. what do they do on chain? Okay, this guy's a DGen and he also mints his resignation letters. So anyway, Satvik is his name and it's getting a lot of press. It's getting out there. So I bet you he's yeah. got a ton of options for different plays in Web3 as a result of this. All right, Jay, let's make this the last one. And that is Yuga release trial of Jimmy the Monkey. Yeah, so there's more information of Jimmy the Monkey. So the trial of Jimmy the Monkey was the last step on Yuga Labs roadmap that they originally came out with when they released Board API Club. And as LG, you mentioned earlier in the show, they released sewer passes few weeks ago. And so yesterday was the last day that you could play Dookie Dash, the game with sewer passes. And we don't know what exactly the next steps are, but they've basically released on their website, an overview. So on February 10th, the scores are going to be reviewed. Then on February 15th, the summoning will happening. Then on in late February, we'll lick the toad. And then in March, we'll have mech types revealed. And then in April, it came through the rift. And then in May, journey into Evo 2. So take that information as meaning whatever it is that you will. But shout out to Yuga Labs for really just being incredible storytellers, incredible at capturing attention and building stories that matter and that people really care about because just reading this, I mean, it makes you laugh and it makes you wonder what's going on. I FOMO'd back in at the last minute. <laughs> I papered my sewer pass. I just had a lowly tier one. And then I had a buddy of mine who had a tier four delegate to me so I could play and did kind of well. But then with a day left, I was like, I need to have this. I need to have it for the summoning after like reading through all their documents again. And so I FOMO'd back in. We'll see what kind of play that is in a couple of weeks. We'll have to have you back on the show then to tell us. <laughs> I'll, whatever it is that's next, I'll come and play live on the show. How about that? Well, you guys can watch oh. me. I did a stream of me playing a couple weeks ago, and it was, it was funny. We had a couple people watching. So I'll be part of this journey together, because really, these guys are the leaders in the NFT space, right? They do 60 to 80% of NFT volume on any given day, any given month. So inevitably, whether you have apes or not, or you like this stuff or not, it's like you kind of have to root for their success, because if they don't do well, then that's bad for the space. Well, that's a wrap. What a show. LG, thanks so much for joining us today. Everybody... Once again, so grateful for you for listening, for being a supporter of the show, of the newsletter. We couldn't do without you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Keep on smiling. Enjoy the Super Bowl, wherever you're watching it, in the metaverse, in Roblox. Go to Decentraland, get some Doritos, maybe get some wearables, <laughs> show off your virtual identity, buy a jean jacket. It looks great on you. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice. Crypto and Web3 can be risky. You can literally lose it all. In fact, if you invest on account of what we say, you probably will lose it all. So don't do that. In all honesty, the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility and implementation anyway. So you should not take any of this as financial advice. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.